is a unique radio program broadcast in English from Paris and studio from FSGU, representing the Jewish civil society in France. This is a bi-monthly radio broadcast. Uh, is a mixture of great one-on-one -on -one intimate interviews, highly personalized thought exchanges and discussions with a guest selection, reading and music for discovery and more. And uh, I'll be happy to receive relevant international who's who personalities of the Jewish world and non-Jewish world at the global and local dimension. This Nation Impact Radio, this is George Hazan welcoming you. While Israel celebrates its 75th birthday, or Yom Atzmaut, there comes a point when culture wars and populism impair the country's institution, society, and economy. That moment has arrived in Israel, where on past February, the Knesset, or Parliament, held the first reading of a legal reform bill. The bill is a project of a coalition government led by Benjamin Netanyahu that was formed after elections in November and which includes parties from Israel's far right. In all but the rarest cases, it will prevent the Supreme Court from striking down laws that have passed through the Knesset, and it gives politicians more sway over judicial appointments. Israel's unwritten constitution might be flawed, but the changes will make things worse by allowing a nearly unchecked majority rule. That maybe could make the country less prosperous, maybe more polarized at home and more vulnerable abroad. Israeli liberals are up in arms 
big street protests have erupted. Bosses have spoken out. Mr. Netanyahu and his government may not much care. Their opponents' outrage is useful ammunition in the culture wars. But one must recognize that the damage from impairing the rule of law will go deep. And the sense that Israel is departing from liberal values will certainly erode support in America, its vital security partner, as President Biden has already signaled. Despite wars, political instability, and global financial turmoil, Israel's economy has been a steady success. By a blimp in 2020, it has grown by almost 4% a year since 1996. Benjamin Netanyahu, the country's longest-serving prime minister, has been in charge for much of this. He likes to take credit for the boom. Israeli business bosses have allowed him to do so. But unfortunately, no longer. Now the country's economists and business leaders are chiming in too and warning that he may endanger the country's prosperity. In an open letter to Mr. Netanyahu, 
two former central bank governors told him that by weakening the court's independence, he risked making Israel less attractive to foreign investors, driving down its credit ratings. But this is not really the reality. We see more and more investors, and we see also companies thriving in the ecosystem of the high-tech sector. And I'm sitting here with the president of Alcro, um, which is the largest platform of investment in Israel, but also tending to uh, expand internationally, globally. The president, Andy Kay, uh, after the um, summit, with, which, is, which was successful, and we ended the summit week, wanted to give us just one or two highlights. Thank you, George. Thank you, George, and it's an honor to be sitting with you here in Jerusalem. As you said, we're just after the Global Summit. Now, at one point, our crowd is actually a, the global leader in venture capital. It's a platform where investors are from all around the globe, and uh, we've raised over $2 billion. Just on the Heinz sort of finishing the summit, I think quite a few themes have come up. First of all, I think we're all aware that the valuations have corrected significantly, and that creates a real opportunity for investors to get into high-tech. I think we all recognize now, and some recognized before, that the prices were very inflated. And since the correction on Wall Street, that certainly rippled over and it's become very apparent in private investing too. So a great time to get into investments, certainly in venture capital. Uh, I'm told that there was like a few thousands of people coming uh, in Israel, especially for this uh, particular uh, event. Uh, how do you see probably the, not uh, the events, but also the situation evolving, not only on the tech sector, but also on the investment front in the uh, weeks or years to come? Well, looking at this, I think technology will remain a very important element of, uh, of society and the economy. Certainly we see waves and we see changing of subjects and changes of focus. I think if we're talking on the, sort of, uh, the day after the summit, AI continues to be seen as a key element. And people are even looking at quantum computing as the next thing to happen. AI, without doubt, is going to be seen integrated into all verticals, and we're very excited about that. We're not overly concerned. Um, some people are feeling that could AI and overtake humanity. I don't think that is the case, but I do think it's making things more efficient, and we'll see changes as a result of it. But that's certainly one of the themes, and as you mentioned, a lot of people have come from abroad. A lot of people have come to Jerusalem for the summit and really shows, A, excitement about the tech sector and I think good for our crowd that we've managed to bring all those people as part of our global network. Quickly, we've seen the unfolding uh, situation on the political front but also on the economic aspect here in Israel, especially after the uh, Abraham Accords uh, signatures aspect. Do you believe that more nations will uh, join the efforts? And secondly, what would be then the outcome for the Israeli society? 
Thanks for that question because it's something which is really heartwarming. Two years and five months ago, no one would have dreamed of this being a reality. But last week and this week, we've seen in Israel missions from Morocco, from the UAE, from Bahrain and other elements. And it's really warming to see the openness and how quickly, two years and five months after the signing of the Abraham Accords, um, the exchanges, not only of commerce, not only of investment, but also of technology and well-being. So I think it's changing the face of the Middle East. Uh, it turns out we have a lot of in common with our neighbors, which we didn't realize to date. People re sort of reminded us often, as they should do, that Egypt and Jordan are also part of the peace accords previously. So today the Avram Accord with uh, Egypt and uh, Jordan in addition is really changing the not only the investment landscape but the technology landscape and hopefully is an indicator that people can get on not only in business but also having peace with one another. So I think it's really exciting. Andy, thank you very much for this uh, intake. I'm looking forward to next year event. Thank you, my friend. We were told that the Prime Minister's proposals uh, could damage Israeli's economy. The warnings were echoed by another letter of, of from 370 Israeli economists. Similar missives have been sent by business leaders and investors in the tech sector. And thousands of tech workers at various firms in a number of towns held their first ever strike in protest against the proposals. They walk out carrying signs saying, no democracy, no high-tech. So Israeli liberals are up in arms. And here I'm sitting with uh, Inbal Ariely. Inbal is a uh, thought leader in innovation, but also in entrepreneurship and leadership in Israel. 
we had the pleasure to interview her a couple of um, months ago. But uh, Inbal, with this summit coming in Jerusalem of our crowd, what is your pick and probably your thoughts regarding Israel's position now regarding the environment, the ecosystem globally, but also in the future? I believe that uh, the position that Israel has um, is actually now uh, evolving from the entrepreneurial, innovative, um, limited space that of before into a more growth, scalable player, both in the region around us with uh, the Abraham Accords and hopefully some more uh, future um, connections that uh, well, I know we, we are all working on. And uh, that role that we can play both in the region here in Israel, but also globally with the diversity of industries represented, both in innovation, but also scale, um, um, consists of a, a very stable, solid um, position um, in, in the constantly changing environment around us. Um, maybe even more strongly in AI and machine learning, Uh, which we've all been using chat GTP over the past two months and, and, and are exposed to the revolution that it's doing. Um, the skill of data science, AI, machine learning in Israel is extremely strong. Um, and that would also open a new era of innovation coming out of uh, this country. Uh, within the uh, conference itself here, uh, we see a lot of women coming into the streams of innovation and leadership. Uh, what is your take on that? Because you've been quite involved with that. Yes, indeed. Well, um, I have to say that uh, I'm very happy to see so much women um, in, in all these conferences, in, specifically in this conference, uh, as you've mentioned. Um, and it's globally. We see women from all around the world. Um, this cannot be taken for granted because uh, even some 10 years ago when we came to these types of conferences uh, there was a very small group of women percentage, uh, percentage uh, exactly a proportion um, and now we're seeing more and more women um, you know at the forefront of all different positions as entrepreneurs as investors as executives um, and this of course makes me uh, very happy um, but it's not just women we actually see uh, different groups that used to be underrepresented in the Israeli tech ecosystem that are more and more present. Uh, for example, the ultra-Orthodox um, community in Israel, which again used to be underrepresented and still is underrepresented in the tech ecosystem, but is more and more present. Uh, women, like we said, people over the age of 45, which is uh, an issue not just in Israel, but in all innovation hubs around the world. Seniors, exactly. Um, and, and so all these different, and, and also um, our fellow Israeli Arabs from within Israel and from the region, of course, more and more present. Um, this is all good news for everyone because this ecosystem um, values diversity. Um, it's, it's, it's a force multiplier for the ecosystem. Um, and also that's the right thing uh, to have. Thank you, Inbal, for your cue. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. See you next year.
Some tech entrepreneurs have gone even further, announcing that they are transferring their funds abroad. For an industry that fought for decades to bring foreign investment into Israel and took pride in keeping its research centers there, even when fledgling firms were brought up by foreign companies, this is without present, you know, precedent. In many ways, this is Israeli's moment. Its economy is thriving. It has new friendships in the Arab world through the Abraham Accords. And it has been seen as a role model of professionalism by investors and startups, like a venture capitalist in Jerusalem said. A professional and independent legal system is the bedrock for this. But the techies' concerns are not just financial. They reflect the ideological and social rifts within Israel that are behind the protests against the government. People in the tech sector hail overwhelmingly from Israel's middle class, which is mainly secular. Backers of Mr. Netanyahu's coalition tend to be more religious and working class. But so far, it doesn't show no signs of dropping his plans. Once again, he told business leaders in Tel Aviv that his policies were the source of Israel's economic success and a guarantee of future growth. So far, there are few signs that it is foundering. It grew by more than 6% in 2022, and whether the prime minister's plans will slow it down remains really to be seen. So I'm sitting here at the outcrowd summit here in Jerusalem with one of the, um, I would say, one of the veterans in the uh, high-tech and venturing aspects in Israel, uh, my good friend Yoav Shlush, who was actually running one of the, if not probably the most uh, known Hitex, which is the high-tech company, one of the largest here in Israel. So, you have, I would like to ask you, in your years back, because you've, not been, you've been a champion on the sector, but also on the venture aspect, 
What is actually the climate or the environment of the ecosystem in Israel as you see it today? So the high-tech industry in Israel has moved over the years from becoming a very esoteric, almost exotic phenomenon, limited to very few people, has become mainstream. And the testimony to that is that 50% of our exports are in high-tech goods and services. So in that respect, we are the most high-tech nation in the world. So by now, the entire ecosystem here, all the way from academia, development, service providers, uh, young people choosing their uh, career in life, it's become basically like Israel was once about oranges. It's about high-tech now. And so, so how did it actually transform from the startup to a scale-up? And now we're talking a lot of investments. From the venture point of view, where you are very active, how do you see it unfolding? So there are two aspects for it. We discovered that typically we sell our companies too early. So we leave a lot of value on the table. As the Americans usually say, we're selling our babies ahead of time. So the feeling was that if we become more sophisticated and we allocate more time and more financing, we can get collectively much better returns because we're taking the initial risk of startup anyway. So we might as well stay around to get some more of the returns. And that, in the, that has created all new levels of technology investing, whether it's growth, whether it's private equity, whether it's secondary uh, and, and uh, late stage. Also. It meant that Israeli companies and startups began buying up companies as a way to grow, which was a totally new phenomenon for us. And now comes the next stage, which is really interesting, because Israel in itself was pretty esoteric as a startup nation. But most nations in the world have discovered that innovation is the way to go. So every country is financing venture capital funds and incubators and innovation circles and so on and so forth. So by now there's competition and it's becoming global. So one of the things we have to discover, and I think this conference here today is pretty much around that, how do we globalize, how do we collaborate, how do we take things to the next level, and how, we, how do we cover next areas, whether it's food tech or agri-tech or energy tech, uh, so that we have a future. And uh, finally, what's your take about the future? We've been talking about Israel in the coming, Israel actually or currently, but what are the main lines or the main, I would say, roads that you see Israel going into? So I think there are two answers to that. One is in terms of what do, what do we do, and the other one is who do we do it with. What do we do? I see more and more money going into things that do good for the world, whether it's medical, whether it's feeding the world, agro, energy, and so on and so forth. And I think that's good news. That's very good news. Because if innovation is harnessed towards helping climate and food and quality of life, that, that's a great that's thing. That's the impact. That's it. The second thing, you know, when you're here in the conference and you meet the delegations from the Gulf and from Morocco, uh, you think that the Mashiach has come, you know? We could have only dreamt about that a few years ago. It's a verse in the Talmud. Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity, and there's a win-win case to be made. And I hope we're good enough to capitalize together on these new opportunities and partnerships. And hopefully we have 
a better world starting with the economics and the investments before politics will come in. You have. Thank you very much for your intake. Seventy fifth birthday, Israel. Please do search Nation Impact, the bi monthly program broadcast from France capitals, our recording studios in Paris, radio sj.info website, or log in at the Apple and Android applications under SJFSJU. My name is George Hazan. Mm-hmm.